0: I'm Julian Shaw-Taylor, a.k.a. The Singularity, and you're listening to Sticky Jazz.
1: The opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Jeremy Hinks and Sticky Jazz Podcast and do not necessarily reflect those of anyone else on this planet.
0: Good day, everybody. Welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm Jeremy Hinks, the man of a million musical opinions, all of which happen to be correct. This week, I got to speak to the uh, legend... uh, Michael Jira from the band Swans. I've been a fan since 1989. They've just released a new record, and it's called uh, The Beggar. And uh, there is so much around Swans that is just to be enigmatic. And uh, they are such a powerful sound. But uh, I have to say this. No matter what you think of, or think you know of, Michael Jira or just Swans, man, you you just don't know the guy. You just do not know enough about him. I was, in, I was rather awestricken and surprised by his answers to a lot of these questions. Um, his music is very. Deep and heavy and thought-provoking. Sometimes they would play so loud that, uh, not sometimes, you would go to a swan show and they'd play so loud you had to be wearing earplugs. It was just so loud, but in perfect tune. But uh, I did this interview some months back and finally got, I had to wait until the album was released. So here it is. I'm going to start off this with uh, Ebbing off of the new Swans record and uh, just enjoy it this is going to take a long time but it's worth it so let's all sit back and do the sticky jazz say. You so much for taking the time man um sure I, so uh i i'll just let you know you i i'm rather envied there's this magazine i write for that are they're all huge fans and uh i i consider myself uh you know quite lucky to be able to have this conversation so let's just uh let's dive in is, is this a podcast is, yeah, is I have, this going to be a podcast yeah i have a podcast episode yes yeah, that's what this was going. Oh, to Oh, I see. Yeah,
2: and where do you live in Utah?
0: I'm in Salt Lake, actually. Um, just uh, yeah, I I've seen you at Urban Lounge quite a few times. So, wow.
2: I love Utah.
0: Uh what is it about Utah? The 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 everyone says the mountains, right? Uh, what is it? What what do you love about Utah? Well,
2: well, I have a brief history there. I when I was hitchhiking across the U.S. once. Um, well, I was uh, totally broke, penniless, and I was in Casper, Wyoming. And I, I found um, this lady took me in, in her motel and let me stay there for a while, painting rooms and things just for free. And she fed me too, but then um, she didn't have anything else for me to do, but she recommended a job that I I could have um, in the Four Corners area. And um, so I said, well, I'll do anything. So I, I got a job and we flew in a little plane down to the Four Corners area in Utah. And um, I, I worked as a surveyor's uh, helper, the guy that uh, carries the flags. And uh, I, every day we, w- we, we slept in tents. And uh, every day uh, the helicopter would pick us up and take us out into the most majestic kind of Beautiful landscapes you can imagine, and drop us off, and we would walk for twelve hours. And um, I would, you know, the guy would signal to me, and I would uh, plant uh, flags and stakes wherever he signaled me to go, and we would just move on. And we walked through incredible valleys, where the, with Anastasi ruins and uh, just just the most most beautiful um, areas on earth. That, well that's and, uh, an that's, edward uh,
0: abbey like story right there man geez that's uh yeah, this it
2: was, it was, it was like for a month i did this for a month and i made enough money to move on and uh it was, it was kind of
0: great Also, well, so did you go through the town of monticello
2: i don't remember you
0: don't remember okay because that's that's right because i used to live in monticello actually it was uh it's probably about 25 30 miles from the four corners like like we're oh, we're all four states, that, meet, right? Did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we used to um we used to drive uh, you know, on a dirt roads and uh potted dirt roads every afternoon and uh jump in the lake. Uh what is that lake? Is is it Powell? Is that Lake Powell down oh, there? Oh Lake
0: Powell, yeah, that's down on the south yeah. uh western side. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. wow and, uh,
2: and we jump in the lake to to wash.
0: <laughs> that sounds like the well. Okay, that sounds like a slice of heaven right there. Only because I I I used to live down there. I know what you're talking about, right? Where the red rock is just unbelievable, and you just have yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've done that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, what, what was that? The what you rock
2: see? art, you know, the rock art and everything. It's just it's just utterly beautiful
0: the petroglyphs the anast, the, the writings on the on yeah. the on, yeah just you get yeah. it okay you've been there you've probably seen you've seen it okay right okay enough said right beautiful part of the world and uh quite an experience to be there but that's that's kind of cool i i i mean i've been down there i used to live down there and i've seen a lot of that you and i probably have been to I like, you know through a lot of the same places but uh i remember like if, if there's one place out in Canyonlands where where we were i remember i went swimming in in this valley they had a waterfall and everything and i was swimming in it and i remember coming out of there and my 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 shorts my pockets were full of red sand right and it yeah. was yeah so you i don't know if that happened to you but i remember that uh you was down in that part of the of the country and uh beautiful absolutely beautiful but uh yeah so that's really cool i uh what year was that actually that you were down there i mean that you got uh, to fly in with a helicopter been... go ahead what was yeah well every
2: day you know, just a small helicopter carrying a couple of us just one of those little uh bubble helicopters you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: um but uh that must have been 71 72
0: okay all right so, uh, I was born in <laughs> 73. So, I, I <laughs> so, yeah, but that was about the same time Edward Abbey was down there talking, well, the, in the same time frame there. So, beautiful. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. so do you get down there when you uh, roll through Utah? Do you go down there anymore? Or do you, or there or was the last time you were able to I, go down there? I passed there?
2: through that area. Yeah. I passed through that area on tour, but I, I, I haven't done any kind of tourism. I, I don't remember since I don't think I've done it in decades, but uh, certainly I've passed through that part of the world. You know, I Yeah,
0: great place to go hiking down there, but it sounds like you're walking 12 hours a day. I, I think you probably got your hikes in, right? You got enough of that. Yeah, so. I
2: got actually being from California, I was really stupid in terms of the sun. Uh-huh. I thought, well, I'll just take my shirt off. And so I was walking without my shirt and I got horrible, like second degree burns oh, yeah. on my
1: shoulder. <laughs>
2: So yeah. I trying to carry. Then I was carrying a backpack, the backpack with the stakes, and it was digging into the scabs on my shoulders, and it was not fun. But oh, uh,
0: memories! Yeah, no, I. Uh, well, one one time I went down on the river going to Lake Powell. Right on th- through that stretch of land, there was a a river going through there, and I. Uh, I covered myself. Except I was going bald then, but not quite bald, you know. And uh I didn't cover the tops of my feet and I was wearing sandals like Tiva's and I didn't do the top of my head, oh, obviously. Yeah. Didn't think of that. And uh wow, was that a disaster? Oh my god. <laughs> I tubed down that river, yeah. right? Just got on a tube, and then after like four hours of that, the next day I thought I was going to die. The top of my feet and my head were just burnt. So yeah, that's uh good memories, yeah. man. I get... tell you. What what's that? Yeah,
2: did you get yeah. sunstroke? Did you get sunstroke?
0: Uh, almost. I I had some some slight sunstroke. I remember I was like really cooked the next day and throwing up and kind of dizzy. But you know I lived. You know, uh, obviously that was about twenty some odd years ago, so I survived it. Um, but uh, that is a cool story. I I love hearing stuff like that. Like everyone has a Utah story of something weird. You know, usually their car breaks down or whatever, and and they but. Uh, that's that's kind of cool that you you had that happen out here. Um what about the Salt yeah. Lake area? Cuz I know you you play Urban Lounge which is probably it I mean, in my experience it has some of the best acoustics of almost any venue I've been in. And I know you guys do like to play there but uh uh yeah. this actually the last time I saw you was there at Urban Lounge a few years ago so um but what what do you like do you like that part of utah as well uh up in the salt lake area or yeah
2: mean the mountains around there um yeah yeah it's it's nice i mean i haven't had a chance to to really experience it except driving through you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so you always play that that urban lounge you guys sound amazing there i have to say i've i've seen you uh there and in boston and uh your your Boston shows were also fabulous, but uh the, the the Urban Lounge always sounded really great when you played there the last two times, so um but uh yeah, I did let, let's talk about the new record if you're all right doing that. Um uh when your publicist, and I love that guy. So I had I had reached out to him. I had actually been introduced to him because I said, Does anybody know who the, the publicist for Swans is? And they put me in touch with your publicist. And that was two years ago. He's gotten me some great people over the years, but finally I'm having the, the conversation with you. Um and he said, you know, like, yeah, let, let, let me let, let me give you the, the new record. I have to say, for a fan of 30 years, 30-plus 30 years, right? Like, 89 was when I got into you. So 30-plus years. Um, the Beggar is your finest work. I I honestly oh, wow. can say I feel like that was the album you were born to make. And that's going up against, I mean, I, I love your other work. I really do. And I, I've been in for 30 years. But this new record is fantastic, man. And I I hope that I'm not the first I hope I'm not the 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 only person to tell you that because this is really some good stuff. Um I like like I said, I I feel like I
2: I can't hear it anymore. I can't I've tried to listen to it and be objective, but um like in preparation for this series of interviews I'm doing, I thought, well, I better listen to this record. I haven't listened in a while. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
2: And I just can't hear it. It's I'm so familiar with it. It's, it's an unfortunate thing that happens with musicians when they make albums. You spend, I mean, in my case, I spend hours and hours writing them on acoustic guitar and then demoing them for people, the songs that is, and then working with people on uh, arranging them and then recording them. And uh, then you listen over and over and over as you do overdubs and then mixing is always a torturous, torturous experience. And, um, by the time one is finished with it it it's just like ones and zeros. <laughs> sure.
0: Well okay so let, let me just point let, let let me let me just comment on that then you're you're you kind of let me leap to a question a, a few questions ahead here. I remember watching a documentary of you and there was a clip it's up on youtube right there was a clip of you and then you had crates of your printed vinyl that had arrived at your house and you were there signing it right Uh, And you were like, I hope anyone who thinks of getting into the music business sees this and that they know that there's this unglamorous side of it. Right. And there you were signing all the records. Right. And uh, I I guess that, yeah, like you just said, there are certain parts of being a musician that are incredibly tedious. And I guess, hey, that would be one of them. Right. Would be the, the how you've got to do another take and do another take and mix it and do another take and all that. Um, along with signing, how many pieces of vinyl before you send them out to fans, right? Um...
2: Yeah. Well, I just signed thousands. Of, I just signed thousands of posters, and um, the only thing that keeps me saying is thinking, "Well, Betty Davis did it." <laughs>
3: <'Cause>, <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Because they used to sign, you know, like their their publicity photos, right? And I think of all these icons. That's just. It's just part of the deal. You just gotta do stuff like that. It's just how it is.
0: Well, I no, but I remember being backstage and seeing the guy sit there and sign every poster that was gonna be sold that night, right? Because hey, you know, a signed poster gets you a couple bucks more every every one that sells, right? So sure. But yeah, you 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 did that, and I I saw that in the juxtaposition of at the same time you were uh in the same documentary clip you were with the band prepping to go on stage and you were saying huh you know they said you're advised to wear earplugs out butt plugs you know and you guys were all laughing i was like you know you were showing just a, a humor side to it all and what i i got a kick out of that was because your fans are always taking you so serious because you know the music and how intense it is but I, I did get a, a chuckle out of that. I was like, "Jira's got a good sense of humor," you know. Jira doesn't—he doesn't take himself as seriously as the fans do. But I—I uh, I, I just enjoyed watching that clip about you. It, it showed a little more of a of a of a human, funny side of you that you know, like like people need to see, I guess. But like you said, you just signed thousands of them. Like, gosh, I can't. What did it take you half a day to do that, or?
2: Oh, it took me uh, a, a week. Oh jeez. Uh, I I figure just this, this process was um 24 hours of work. Okay. So I, I split it up, but wow, 24 hours of, of signing my name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh I I can't even imagine doing that, you know? Um It's
2: well, you know, I—I I mean, I—I I started this last time. I—I I was truly losing my mind. What there is left of it, and um, and I—I uh, just—I started putting on videos, you know, just randomly, like uh, uh, King Crimson or David Bowie, or just you know, putting on like YouTube videos and just kind of half watching them as I went. It's the only thing that made me get through it.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> so uh uh actually yeah i uh i just believe it or not let's just completely steer off topic here um i interviewed chris Connolly a while back we we actually are both lou reed fans our favorite record was magic and loss and we were just talking about that and he talked about bill being in uh, bill Reiflin, who i guess you were friends with bill mm-hmm. right
2: yes tremendous friends and uh he was uh, always an inspiration he was one of the most uh Uh, lit people I've ever met is so intelligent and funny and uh, acerbic and generous and just all these things you know and amazingly talented Bill and he would he would he brought so much to my records you know and humor too people wouldn't notice but his his kind of uh, sense of fucking shit up you know was just wonderful and he was and he played you know Bill played Drums, bass, guitar, piano, synthesizers. And sang, you know, he sang, he did everything. You know, it was like whatever the song took. Bill was the guy at the end, I'd have things mostly recorded then I'd bring the record to Bill and say, okay, let's just do what you do. And we'd go through the songs. He'd never heard them before. And then we'd say, okay, piano. And he'd go in and just play this amazing piece, you know, or he'd play drums. He'd, sometimes he d- doubled the drum parts, you know, he just did whatever it took. And um, just being around him, uh, usually I would go out to Seattle and stay at his house, and it was just the high point of my year or eighteen months, whatever the case was, uh, to be with Bill and Frankie, his wife, who was also a tremendous person. And uh, it was a tremendous loss to see him go. It
0: was just yeah, really. Yeah, really like exciting. Chris, Chris and I talked about that. We 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 did we did a discussion about I don't know, you know, Lou Reed's Magic and Los All about watching someone die of cancer, and we just had a conversation about that and he just brought up bill and just talked about how, you know, cause he personally watched a lot of that. And I, I don't know how well, you know, Chris, but that was, you know, like for bill to end up in King Crimson, his favorite band and everything. I'm like, man, what a, what a way to just do it all your way, you know? And uh, yeah. so, I mean, I'm a big fan of all, I mean, okay. King Crimson, come on, you know, who doesn't love those guys and, and his work with, you know, with just, But he's one of those all-around terrific guys, so... uh, um, But uh, I'm sorry... So, it's just interesting because, like, for me... Okay, and it's probably because you've heard it and you recorded it and you did it and it's yours and it's already in your mind, but The the Beggar is really... uh, And again, like, you can shift from one record to another where you want to take it, but... uh, The Beggar is it's It's really mellow and it's very appealing to a different set of senses than than other work if that's the best way to say it and there wasn't much anxiety in it like i I kind of like getting amped up and have the anxiety in in other records this one there wasn't any it was just a very different almost joyous feel to it in in a in, in the well, that's sound cool. and i I guess uh. Well, I, I guess what was it that was behind the shift? Cause like, I mean, I, okay, let me start off. Okay. I, I know Jim Marcus, right. And uh, Mike Lago. And I know you've done albums with both of those guys and both were fantastic. And I could hear the, i they, they each have their own thumbprint of, of what's going to be in, in, in a sound, you know, Jim Marcus, especially. Uh, but what was behind the, the shift to, to turn this album the way that it was? Cause it's, It is that different, but it's just, it's a spectacular work. Uh, what was, what, what was the difference there? Can I ask?
2: (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm looking at it, the list of songs here, and I'm struggling to be able to answer your question. I I just, uh, had these songs. I worked with these people and then I orchestrated them with them and others and then mixed it. things went where they had to go. And it wasn't, I mean, I have templates in my mind when I start working on things, but I'm always the happiest when they go in a different direction than what I anticipated through the input of others or whatever circumstances, chance, whatever. Um, And it just, I follow the elan the 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 kind of thread that seems to contain the truth in the song and and orchestrate it accordingly and that's how it works out uh, I'm glad that you found that it's uh, has joy in it because it certainly feels that way to me when I make it
0: Oh yeah uh, as this, I said right yeah now,
2: as I said right now it's kind of hard for me to experience that listening to it but I'm, I hope that that transmits and I'm glad to hear you say that.
0: Well, so this one, again, like I said, I've seen you guys several times over the last 30 years, but this is the one album that I kind of think, okay, I got to hear this one live, you know, all 11 songs, right? I'm sorry if I'm giving the giving the, the, the the message away here. Um, but you have the one that was like 40 some odd minutes long on disc two. Uh, but yeah. just the, the whole thing was... And and again, maybe it's just because I've been listening to like a couple of weeks ago. Literally, in the, in the last like three weeks, I saw The Residents on a on a on a Monday night, and I saw Got You Black Emperor on a Wednesday, right? So seeing two of those guys in the same week, and I've just been really into the different sound of what I you know just 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 enjoying this type of music a lot lately and so when when your publishers dropped this in my lap and i just push play it it actually it went into shuffle Um, i I loaded onto my phone and went to shuffle so i didn't listen to it chronologically and and it just was magic um so 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 when you're saying you just had your template and you said okay here's the ideas fellas And then you took it where the songs felt like they needed to go with everybody else. Right. That's, is is that what I understand that, that like everybody else kind of said, well, Well,
1: yeah.
2: People, people get the songs beforehand. I send them the demo, which is just me with acoustic guitar and voice. And then I arrive in the city where we're going to rehearse for the album. We rehearsed for a month before we went in the studio, like, uh, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. And, um, we start playing it, and it's a push-pull kind of thing. Uh, I sometimes it just happens, but other times, you know, I have to not correct, but guide people in a different direction, and then they take it somewhere new. Um, and then I have to think about how what everybody's doing, how one person's sound affects another person's sound, and adjust things that way. And I always, I always look for the ecstasy in the thing. Uh, that's you know i'm a child of lsd so i always look for uh i always look for the way how the sound is going to completely subsume you and uh hopefully i find it
0: Uh, well all right then then i'll pick on the song ebbing let's start with that because that was the that wasn't the first one but that was the, the one that i actually was able to sit down and take notes on. I was walking my dog when I started playing the record, but ebbing was when I was like, hey, "Let me sit down and take notes." Um, that one started out with you know, kind of like the all the 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 buildup of, of your previous work, but then it moved into this great folk like feel, almost like the 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 sixties pre hippie happy folk stuff, like the Seekers almost. If you remember them, right? The you know. And and then it like
2: name a song. Uh
0: the Hey what's, There Georgia the Girl. Song? If you ever heard the Seekers, hey there, Georgie oh, yeah. girl. Right, right. Okay, so okay. It,
2: beautiful. It, That's unapproachable. That stuff is so good. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it started to feel that way. And then I it it's it, it felt like that, and then it was almost like if Leonard Cohen was doing the swans. It's hard to describe, right? But it was so moving like that right like ebbing just was the first well it wasn't the first one but ebbing was the first one i was able to sit down and go okay i can't be walking the dog to do this i have to just sit down and and let this one uh move and and it was so it, it was a very moving piece and i thought this is unlike the other stuff why like this it just it really blew my mind it it took me in a different direction that i honestly was not expecting and listening to a swans record and it was just, it was wonderful. So Ebbing e- was the first win on this record. Just how it came across chronologically. Okay. I, I hope that that comes a- I hope that I made sense in saying that. Um, but, uh, cause you tell me sure. a little bit about that song actually, just, I-, I can't believe I'm even getting to ask you these questions. Yeah. Talk about Ebbing if you would. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I haven't really listened to, to it in a while. <laughs> I've been listening to the album in a
2: while, right? Uh, um. i I don't know what to say about it. You I mean the words I, I don't really like talking about the meaning of the words, but um uh, it, vocally it was uh, you know, I used to sing it in a much mopier kind of way, and mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, through rehearsal that wasn't working and then I started strumming the guitar with a pick and doing that kind of swinging um feel with the with the strumming and, and then uh, they used to have drums and uh, keyboards and everything on them. I just got rid of those and had a lot of background vocals singing along with me and it felt much more natural. And then uh, of course they, the long outro uh, was kind of pre-planned but it came together with the uh, influence of these musicians very wonderfully. Uh, you had mentioned the chimes or something on, on yeah, this. yeah yeah i'll
0: I'll get to that in just a second yeah but if you want to um, comment on that here please do sure
2: well i mean there's there's i don't know how, there's how many tracks of guitar there are on this and there's probably 20 tracks of female vocals singing along with the guitars uh to add overtones and um there's pianos and there's some uh uh, orchestral bells and i don't know it's just uh, it's just I, I just want to be transported by the sound and so i try to accomplish that however i can
1: oh yeah
0: well that was that one was was one of those that, that did that uh, the other was uh Michael is done and yeah. the, the so the guitar line was, was really great because that started with the the, the like a western sounding soundtrack i the only way to describe it it sounded like oh okay kicking up a western this is great but then the, the way that it ended yes like the chimes and the bells it it was this melodic ascension up to heaven almost like i it, it, in a strange way it sounded like something you would hear in an anglican church with the choir on full throttle it did it, it, it gave me oh, the, that's nice it gave me that feeling of Oh wow! I'm here climbing up this sonic, you know, experience going to heaven. That was what it felt like, and well,
2: that's great. I'm I'm glad that you're able to experience music that way. Well, I love that's church really music.
0: I, I I'm not a religious person anymore, but I still love church music. So that probably might be why I like yeah. so much of this record as well, because. Okay, I'm in Utah. There's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and enough said, right? But, um, but uh, yeah, Michael is done. Uh, just one more comment on that, because I guess you won't want to talk much about the lyrics or the meaning, but the, the, the backing female vocalist on that, I don't have the personnel list here of who was on there. Who was that singing on that song with you?
2: that's my wife jennifer
0: okay all right all right because yeah I, I didn't get any of the names of anybody who performed on this record so um
2: oh you should have been sent the credit you should have been sent the credits. I, I just bad. got
0: the record itself i just got the the download of the files mm. so um
2: yeah you yeah you should have got the credit the lyrics
0: but, well so um, okay that was your oh, wife, jennifer well. but that reminded me of do you remember when leonard cohen put out all his album called 10 new songs in about 2003 i think uh 2004 no. it reminded me of that where you just where you were singing and she was singing right along with you every note
2: is like, that, that someone, is that Jennifer Warren singing with him
0: uh oh i don't remember on that record it wasn't
2: uh probably probably Jennifer Warren yeah
0: yeah so it just it reminded me of that record and it just felt like i felt so many familiar elements with it in just all of that, you know, um, without, I guess, diving into the lyrics, but the, the imagery kind of felt like, and I know it's going to sound really just without other pieces of it in there, but it felt like when Jesus had said, this is what, you know, where, where John the Baptist said, this is where I end and he begins. Right. Um, Mm -hmm between john the baptist and jesus when i believed in that stuff uh i i kind of got that you know michael is done kind of thing like what what there was an allegory in there somewhere uh, and it just was this powerful experience that that song is probably my favorite on the record uh oh, just great. because of all the different elements in it lyrically musically the imagery Um, like you said a a moment ago you 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 wrote your songs with a kind of a a moping type vocal which clearly wasn't in these this was a very joyous feeling record um did you talk a little bit about that song or uh because that that is just a big winner i mean
2: i I can tell you that i can tell you that it started out i wasn't going to do it because i i i thought it wasn't it just didn't make sense because it was called julie is done
0: (laughs) okay
2: and then i and i just decided well i'll change it to michael and it, it wasn't me it's just that that phonetically sounded better so, ah, I used michael.
0: so so maybe it is archangel michael right maybe that's who it's so maybe yeah, i was I on this also, something there just,
2: and then of course you know it has this implication that it's about me but it's not
1: oh wow um, okay you know
2: uh you know i I'm in all the songs, of course, but I studiously try to excise any autobiographical elements uh, at least in any obvious way, because the song has to be something that stands on its own. It's not about some, some guy singing to you. It's, it's a song that exists on its own. Um, So, anyway that's what i have to say about those words. Well,
0: i i am having the best time just being able to ask you these questions by the way i hope i don't sound like a total crazy fanboy but this is this is great for me um
1: <laughs>
0: well like okay I, I i i always say this my my favorite swans moment was in 1993 uh my roommate and i were were driving to palm springs to go and see mary's danish i don't know if you know those guys they're kind of a blues funk rock band we were driving out to see them and we we're driving in southern utah down by lake powell where exactly where you were, right and we were we yeah. were listening to uh it was sweltering heat i didn't have ac in my car and it was uh, in July or August of 2000, uh, sorry, 93. And we we're listening to Bauhaus. Wow. We were, we we're listening to Neubauten, Swans, and Christian Death. And we we're going to go see a blues rock band. You know, it, it didn't matter. It, it was just fun. And just the heat. And I, it just, that was the perfect moment of like, this is, you know. But that was, again, 93 and what you guys were giving us back then. And then I remember because the dry heat was was what I I related to. And uh, I remember when I was out uh, at the Navy and I was in southern tip of Maryland down at at this Pax River. And it was one day I was out and it was 107 degrees. I was like, let me turn swans on. And it was too humid. I was like, no, this doesn't cut it. I need the dry heat. You know, it just it was a strange... It, it, I I can't really explain, but that was what it. Re, I I needed the dry heat in that experience. You know, That's it was nice. just a, That's good. It, it was. it was just like no. It, this doesn't work. It's 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 too humid. It doesn't do this for me, right? Um. So, uh, let's see the 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 new song. Okay, one of the new songs. Uh, no more of this. Okay. That was a great song as well. Um, just the, the the lyrics, I guess, like you said, you, you're leaving the lyrics out for everyone's interpretation, right? That that's there, but again, this was I
2: mean, re- this pretty patently obvious. The lyrics are are pretty clear on this, but I, I would point out that um, at the end, I say, "Give me more," right? So mm-hmm. it's not everything has its opposite. So you can be in this pretty. Uh, dark or morose place but there's always the flip side to that things always change and things always uh show a different aspect so and that's why they end it is this kind of hopeful and pretty element to it
0: well at the same time though the song itself had this dreamy hawaiian dreamscape sound to it right like I think that's so yeah and I was like oh wow that's really neat that's really pretty that's really like soothing in around this now is the time to begin now is the time to close me in right you know not rage nor fear nor love nor bliss more of this right yeah okay oh this Hawaiian dreamscape you know you you were you were delivering these ideas in a very pleasant tune you know where where there wasn't yeah. the anxiety there there wasn't the uh you know the there was just oh i'm getting this and and maybe yeah there's a shit show out there there's bad things happening in life there's good things maybe we're all yes we're all gonna grow old we're all gonna die but i'm experiencing this right here like this right and it's, it's not worth getting worked up over. Maybe just live life. You know, that was what I was getting from that. Like, yes, the end is coming, but it comes for everybody. But, uh, Oh, feel it. You know, I, I, this album had more feeling in the sound than any other than, than than any of your other work. And maybe that's just cause it was me first going through it, but you had probably, you had worked on it so much that maybe your experience is different, but, um, I really love. Well, I really
2: appreciate that. your. your uh, I appreciate the fact that you've been able to experience the music in such a true way, and that means a lot.
0: So, but again, it's all up to my interpretation. But boy, this was a lot of fun to listen to. Okay, I'm. I would well, uh, just. That's what
2: it's for. That's what it's for. It's 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 not a uh, high school essay, you know. It's it's art, so it's meant to be experienced. By the person in their own way so that's what's good about it about art so
0: well what good. about what what about how so are you are planning a tour right your your publicist did mention that he said that there is a tour in the works um uh i am not gonna say gee where do you plan on going i'll just be lucky to be able to catch you guys again Yeah, but... yeah
2: there's like a, a, a 10 months of, or a year of touring ahead of us yeah
0: okay so are we gonna hear the whole album like this? Can I? I I I know I'm like the kid asking no. Santa at Christmas, you know. But um, the the how is the performance on this going? Every, the,
2: the most important thing is that the music have uh, urgency and a truth in the moment. So I'm not going to try to recreate a record. I have never done that. Uh, we're going to take some of these songs and some from the last record, which was called Leaving Meaning, and, uh, maybe a couple of new songs I'm working on and then find out what's, find out what seems to have the most, uh, urgency about it. And the songs will definitely transmute and probably... There are some resemblance to what's on the record, but they will change into something else. I'm sure of it.
0: Okay, so the live is probably going to be wonderful. I, I, um, I, <laughs> I hope
2: so. Well, th- this, this, is, we'll this see. is. I mean, I, I,
0: well, I for for me, I mean, I, I remembered watching. Like there was one video of you guys playing. I, th- I believe it was somewhere in the Netherlands, and. And I remembered even when I saw you last where, you, where, you, where one of the shows where you had the bells and the bass and the drums and everything was all, it was loud, it was intense, but I could hear each piece. I could hear each line separately. I could hear the chimes. I could hear the bass throbbing. I could hear, and and I was like, you guys put so much into making it so we could hear it all like that. And it was so intense, and I just remembered at the end of it, just feeling like, ah, you know, it's just such a, in a strange way, a soothing experience, as as loud as and and as intense as it was, and sure, these songs, a lot of them didn't sound like they did on the record, but if I I can look forward to that, that yeah. you 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 really got my like, wow, this is gonna be a lot of fun, um. This, it's, it's all about the experience. Well, it is. It's a very... And, uh,
2: it, it, was, it was just as important to us that we experience it. You know, that we are able to uh, glean some kind of ecstasy from the music. It's just as important to us that we're feeling that as the audience. So mm-hmm. that's the whole goal. The goal is ecstasy.
0: Well, this... Okay, all right. I could see that I would just like, I would say this, uh, this album probably uh, like, I don't know. Do you know who Adam Glover is by the way? He's kind of like the, the, the British version of Leonard Cohen. No, Um, I do
2: not. I'm sorry to say.
0: Okay. Cause he actual, this, this he's an English folk musician, like very much like Leonard Cohen in that direction. And this works. I've been listening to him a lot as of late, just because of some other stuff that he's done. And this kind of really blended well in that sound. And it just was just a great, I mean, like you've never been afraid to take on new sounds or, or new ideas or, or to steer in whatever directions. But uh, if, if I'm sitting here going, wow, he sounds like Adam Glover on this record. You know, it, it, <laughs> it, it was. It, it was been Glover, maybe. <laughs> yeah <Christmas. laughs> but it was i thought like it was the and again i it stays like that that i love my job you know when they when i get a record like that before anybody else does so i would just i could just right. think that, that the live show is going to be just wonderful did did you guys have, did, did the rest of the band have a good time recording it like this it sounds like there was a lot of input from everybody else to take it where they did
2: um well yeah uh also it was colored by the fact that uh, I think for most of us, this was the first major thing we had done since COVID, you know. Since COVID, right. So, yeah, so it was like just, I I think I said somewhere, it's like uh, in the Wizard of Oz, when it changes from black and white to color, you know.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: It's like suddenly, yes, oh, this is what it's like. This is what I was meant to do. Because there was a lot of waiting involved for, what two? What was it? Two years? Two and a half years? You know?
0: Sure. Lots of writing. Lots of practicing. But you had to wait till everybody could get in. Yeah. that's... That's. Uh, yeah.
2: A of isolation too.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I guess that probably played into how everybody was feeling too when when they finally got to to make this one. Um, yeah. But you you guys said you spent a month just practicing it before you hit the studio. That must have been. Yes, yeah. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for some of that. I really would have. Um, uh, let let me jump over to uh, let's see. So, um, my my first experience with you guys was Children of God, and that was that was the first album that I heard of you guys in '89, and I was trying to be really religious. And to see the difference between and again, I was being raised very Mormon at the time and and to see the difference between maybe the 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 idea of the religious people, the religious leadership being wrong, but the ideas of believing in God might not have been wrong but look at look at the religion and I was able to see that and to compare they like okay the bible stories and how the religious establishment was bad or or whatever right to to Jesus and all that cuz you know they that's the story was they were so corrupt and they killed him but for a 15 16 year old kid that was a pretty powerful experience and that was what sold me on you guys was was that and Um, Well, I
2: took pains on that record, you know, despite using the iconography and the uh, imagery of religion. um, I took pains not to disparage religion. mm -hmm. And uh, because I respect people that have a sincere spiritual belief, Uh, of course, as you mentioned uh most people when they uh get a belief system not most people but many people when they get a belief system they it's like wearing uh blinkers and they don't see the world for what it is because the veil in front of their eyes is dogma you know uh and then they try and impose that on the rest of the world and that's where oppression and all those kind of things come in but the, the spiritual or religious instinct is wonderful and beautiful. And I respect that tremendously.
0: Yeah. Well, see, that was my experience as a kid. I was like, oh, he gets it. He, he, he's pointing this out about you can be spiritual. This is okay to consider yourself a children of, you know, children of God, whatever, right? That the, all those ideas were fine. But the religious establishment, their corruption there, the the whole you know, and I saw that. And I was like, yeah, that's what he's thinking. Well, this is really cool. You know, and to us, to a kid who's developing his religious experience, right? That was, that was pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And that was, I, I, I have to say it was, it was a neat thing to go through that. And it was, that was a great tool to help me maintain. I could still be me and understand and still consider myself Mormon in the midst of all this stuff going on around me. And so that, so like I would just like to say thank you for that. I'm not Mormon anymore. I don't practice or, or whatever, but, but I, I held on to that and it did mean a lot to me at that time in life. And I, I, I just wanted to say thank you for that. You betcha. So I, I, I know you probably, I don't know if you've had anybody else say that to you, but that was, um, that was it. that was something important for me at that time, you know, um, so, uh I was talking new new on the new record here.
2: Um uh, Jeremy I I think we've run out of time actually. Oh and, okay. Um, I have a young child. I have a young child in the house. I have to go wake up from his nap. So
0: Oh okay. I th- um I, if I could just ask you a really quick uh uh w- one more question and we'll close out if that works. Um Yeah. Sure. Uh Los Angeles City of Death. Uh the whole idea of I mean the, the the meter, the great the, the song itself was very different as well. That was probably you know just a more mainstream beat and whatnot. But uh, uh, the line uh, "burning down everything, everything will become and undo what he has done." Here it comes. Who is the apocalyptic character in that, or is that also left to interpretation?
2: Well, I was thinking about the sun and the cancer it contains.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> that's a that's a totally new bite to it wow especially because you and i have both been sunburned like that um wow
2: it's that song was just based i just started thinking about los angeles i have this mistaken nostalgia for the place but i know it doesn't exist anymore and even then i was miserable when i was there so i don't know what i'm thinking about but there's there's a certain nostalgia around los angeles when I remember it and think about it and I even thought about moving back there, but um, Los Angeles also contains this, this uh, essence of apocalypse, you know? Yes, and, it does. Um,
0: all, all the great zombie apocalypse movies, a lot of the, <laughs> there's some great ones that happen there in LA. So yeah, I, that's what I was, yeah, I was but, visualizing um, that part. So.
2: But all, all the, all the good and the bad things in American culture kind of originate in Los Angeles, you know? So the uh, the whole the simulacrum aspect of Disneyland, you know, and this kind of living life in the secondhand airsass experience, all kind of originates from the movies and television and media, and it's kind of just falsity, but glamour at the same time. It's, it's just, all that's in Los Angeles, and also the envi- environmental apocalypse is very much there. It's just uh, it's kind of a ripe for interpretation uh i think about the movie day of the locust and the book day of the locust did you ever read that or see that movie
0: i have not no but there was a there was a zombie movie that actually talked very much like what you described in the song it was a low budget totally off the grid zombie which i loved right so i'm just kind of laughing at that along with what you're saying i'm like oh man he gets it so okay anyway go on what were you saying about day of the locust
2: Oh, that's okay. It's just we're seeing. It's just we're seeing.
0: Okay, but, um, I gotta go. Hey, Michael, so, thank you. So, what what song do you want me to play us out with? I'm gonna give you that. Tell me what song on the new record, or can I just grab one and play it out, play us out with that? Well,
2: how much time do you have? Uh, some of them are quite long.
0: Uh, yeah. So I, I I can I can stick on probably anything that's about seven minutes, five to six minutes. So tell me that, and I'll play us out <laughs> with it. There,
2: well, there's very few that are that short. Um, uh, so i guess you could play why don't you play michael is done
0: okay i'll play song with michael is done and to everybody that is not about michael jira it just happened to be a name he found convenient to stick in there so michael this has been a complete honor i hope to see you on the road on this tour thank you so much and i, I wish you all the best with this man really I, thank you for your time
2: thank you Jeremy I very much appreciate it and good luck to you
0: thank you you have a good day man we'll see you on the road all right have a good one all right. okay
2: thanks bye
3: now my coat is done stripped bare of pretense the uh, hate.